Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Amen and amen again. I want to first and foremost uh, thank the Lord and, you know, just really say thank you. There, There's so much that we go through throughout our days, throughout our lives, and sometimes we just take things for granted, you know. And we look at it and we look at God and we wonder why, <clears throat> but I thank him for all that he does. And so for tonight's lesson, it hit me in such a strange way this morning when I woke up. I I woke up and I opened up my Bible app and I, I started reading through some plans I had. And as I was reading through, what is it? John chapter one, which is where we'll be starting this lesson. A, a question was posed. Is it possible now, when you hear that question, you may be asking yourself, well, is what possible? That's just it. Is it possible? It's, it's a cliffhanger question because it can go for anything. Is it possible that I can get past this grief in my life? Is it possible that I can let go of these years of pent up anger? Is it possible that I can actually move forward in life? Is it possible that God really does love me for love's sake? Not that I can give him anything because everything belongs to him, but is it possible that he just really loves us to love us? Is it possible, period? And so with that being said, we don't have any definitions tonight, but there is something I want you to keep in mind aside from is it possible? Because we're going to be asking a lot of questions tonight. And that thing is, it's I want you guys to to keep in mind that if you've given your life to, to the Lord and you call upon that name, Jesus, then have a little more confidence, not in you, but in God, because it's God who works in you, through you and for your behalf, for your benefit. And when we do his work, when we make ourselves available to be used mightily for his namesake, well, we get we get the benefit of being just a part of the work. It is a blessing to be able to push the gospel plow and more so being able to see the the change that it makes in people's lives. So is it possible? Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start off in John chapter one verses 43 through 51 and I will put that on screen okay so starting off the Bible says the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee he found Philip and said to him come follow me Philip was from Bethsaida Andrew and Peter's hometown Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about his name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. 
As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open up. Well, heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. So we start off here with something truly wonderful. This is where the question came from. Is it possible? Nathaniel, who is, you know, one of the disciples, he asked, can anything good come from Nazareth? Does something good come out of there? Because in biblical times, Nazareth didn't really have a good reputation. But now let's translate that. Let's translate to, to what's happening here. We take a look at, at where we are in history. And so now we ask, can anything good for those people who, who are racist, can anything good come from the Middle East? For those people who, in our own country, who, who just, for some reason, hate one another because of the differentiation of, of skin color, can anything good come from the South? Can anything good come from from the black community? Can anything good come from the Mexican community, the Asian community? Well, let me tell you something about the wonderful God we serve. God took, just as the Bible said, a place, an, an event, an occurrence. Jesus's birth being in a in a manger where the animals eat from, who was wrapped in swaddling clothes, which is literally strips of garment that were torn up just so he would have something to be in. God took, as the Bible says, what the world views as insignificant and turned it to shame to show just how mighty he is, that even the most foolish plan of the Lord, as the Bible says, is more wise than the wisest plan any man can come up with. So here's the question. Is it possible that God can do anything with anyone from anywhere? The answer is yes. Is it possible that God can save a wretch like you and me? The answer is yes, because he did when he hung his head on Calvary. Is it possible that despite where you come from, God can make something miraculous out of your life. The answer is yes, he can, because God literally knows the plans that he has for you, says the Lord, that they're for good and not for evil, that they're to give you hope and a future. That before you were even born and I'm I'm skipping all over the place, but this this is how this is how amazing this question is that God, before you were even born, had already set you aside and given you a specific task just for you. So is it possible that in the midst of of your depression, because you don't know what you should be doing with yourself, is it possible to get past it? Is it possible to find meaning in life? Yes, because if you found Jesus, then you've already found the meaning to life itself because he is life. And when he shares his life with you, he shares the truth. And when you are shared the truth, you're set free 
free from bondage, free from addiction, free from 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 anything that could try to hold you down or keep you wrapped up. You're free from the anger. You're free from from the jealousy, from the hatred, from from the from the shame of your past, from the shame of current sin. You're free from it all because just as the Bible says that whosoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Because when you're introduced truth into your equation, and we don't have a lot of that in this world, but when you're introduced the truth, which is the gospel, which is unmerited facts, it cannot be proven wrong because it is 110% the truth. When you have that, it's possible to do anything not by our means, because we have no means, we have no strength, no resources, no nothing. But by God's means, it is possible to do any and everything. So we take a look back at the text. <clears throat> Nathaniel is, is appalled. Can anything good come from Nazareth? We take a look at, at our current history and the climate of the world. Can anything good come from the hood? Can anything good come from the ghetto? Can anything good come from the projects, from that that low-income area? Can anything good come from that, that high school that has continuous shootings? Can anything good come from all these messed up areas because of what we've assigned? But with God, again, all things are possible. So is it possible for someone like me who struggled with a porn addiction for over half of my life to actually get past it and to put it down and to leave it alone? The answer is yes, because I did. Not by my strength, but by the power of God Almighty. Is it possible for someone to walk with the Lord longer than they've just walked in this world alone? Yes, it is. I have plenty of prime examples in my life. Being my, my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, my uncles, friends in my life, you know? myself who's known the Lord my whole life and just because you you know God your whole life doesn't mean you're going to always have it together or that you're going to take it seriously but at some point is it possible to really get to know the Lord the answer is yes so we're starting off with a lot here we've asked a lot of questions so far but here's the good thing about is it possible that question right there is it possible for you to to overcome, to show the naysayers that they don't know what they're talking about because they didn't create you. They don't have plans for you. They don't have a heaven or a hell to send you to. They're not going to be there for you late in the midnight hour when you cry out. They're not the one that you call out to to get saved. They're not the one who can give you any and everything that you need and or want. And all you have to do is ask. They're not the one that give you meaning or fulfillment or the most important thing of all, true love. Not the world's love that we talk about, not the, the, the love that has requirements and, and if you don't meet them, it's taken away. Not this false love, not this selfish love, but true love. So is it possible? The answer is always yes, because when God is in the equation, all impossibilities become roads to all open doors. So we move forward. Jeremiah 1, verses 1 through 10. And the Bible says, these are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, 
The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's messages continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King uh, Zedekiah, another of Josiah's son. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some of you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. So we take a look here as when we were reading in John, the, the Holy Spirit just had me leaping forward. So now we take a look. And one of the things it talks about is how Jeremiah was given messages from the Lord, how God was speaking to him candidly while he was still very young. Well, at the time, King Josiah had been in his 11th year of, of ruling and he became king at eight. So what is that saying here when Jeremiah says, Lord, I can't do this for you. I'm too young. God doesn't care about age because to the ancient of days, time is irrelevant. A day is like a thousand years to him and a thousand years is like a day. What God is looking for isn't he isn't looking for your age. He isn't looking for how smart you are. He isn't looking for how qualified you are. He's looking to see how moldable your heart is, how open you are to receiving the truth how open you are to to receiving correction that if someone tells you that that's not right that you won't fly off on a raging swirl of anger and and hatred but instead you'll say okay well show me what is right that when God asks you to be available to him to just let him use you for his name's sake so that you can be given all the benefit of just being made available to him so the blessings can pour in so that people can be saved and set free and delivered and healed. Demons will be cast out. The blind will see the lame will walk. The dead will rise. Are you available to that? So the next, is it possible? I want to ask you is that, is it possible to truly trust God? The answer is yes. Jeremiah was taken at a young age by the Lord and molded into a, a, a mighty man of valor, a prophet who spoke to the nations. And at the very end, in verse 10, the Lord himself tells us that some of us must uproot and tear down, that some of us must destroy and overthrow, and that others must build up and plant. That means that as he told Jeremiah, he knew you before you were even a thought before your parents, your grandparents and ancestors long before war thought he knew you and he had already had a plan in place for you. And the end 
It's just God further verifying that each and every one of us has a purpose. And the fun part about walking with Jesus is seeing how to make the purpose work. God will tell you straight up what he wants out of you. He will not leave you wondering with the question mark hanging over your head, but he will tell you, hey, this is who I've called you to be. I don't care what your past is. I've already thrown that into my sea of forgetfulness. I don't care what the enemy is trying to say because he's not your God. I am. I don't care what those people at work say when they make fun of you because of some mistake you made a few years ago. That's not you. Though I know your sins, I call you by your name and your name is child of God. Your name is beloved. Your name is blessed and highly favored. Your name is victory because I'm victory. So is it possible that God really can make a way out of no way? The answer is yes. Is it possible that even if you aren't that bright, you can achieve feats of wisdom that even the most astounded scholars can never reach? Yes, it, it truly is. Is it possible that you could stay up all night studying out of anxiety and literally get 30 minutes of sleep and still ace that test. Yes, it's possible. Is it possible that you could get that promotion even though everyone in the office despises you? Yes, it is because it's called favor. God math, the unmerited love of God that just makes the equation make sense in our favor. So it's possible. And again, you might ask what's possible. All things are possible. We're not limited in Christ. And I really want us to understand that for the remainder of this year, God willing, that we're not limited in Christ Jesus. We're not limited in the capacity to learn. We're not limited in the capacity to grow. And we're most certainly not limited in the capacity to love one another. As God loved us, that's how we should love one another, with patience, with caring, with understanding, because as the Bible says, as much as it is within us, we need to be at peace with one another. So how do we do that? Through love. Is it possible to love the person who hates me simply because of my skin tone? Yes, it is. How, you may ask? God loved the world who rejected him and sent his only son to die for you and for me. Is it possible to put the alcohol down, to put the drugs down, to put the sex away? to delete some contacts, to stop going certain places, to leave certain food groups alone, to just not go around certain people? Is it possible to stop using profanity? All things are possible through God. So when you ask the is it possible as someone who walks with the Lord, always remember that the answer is yes. You just need to have this much more faith. Trust God just this much more. Pray just this much more. Put the Bible into practical application just this much more. And watch what God does. So now we move forward to Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12, and Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And I will put that on screen. The Bible says, but when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? 
prove by the way you live that you is that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to, to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into the barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. And then in Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, here's something interesting that I want to I want to bring forward to you guys. It's this. It's that when when John, who is talking right here in the book of Matthew, is looking at the Pharisees and Sadducees, he's not mad because they came to, to witness people repent and, and get saved for real. He's not mad that they were coming to possibly but they didn't, to possibly become baptized and actually repent of their sins. He's mad because here's a group of people that claim to be of God, but are so far from him and are coming here trying to infiltrate, possibly to, to sway people away or to tell them that, no, this isn't it. You need to come to the temple and give me some outstanding thing and keep all 613 laws like we were taught to do. But with God, and I love him so much, with God, is it possible that maybe we were wrong? Yes. 10,000% yes. People, we don't know anything. We don't know a single thing about nothing. And we may think we do, but we don't. And the sooner you could admit that, the easier it is to actually become wise, to truly become smart and knowledgeable. Because true wisdom, it starts with the fear of the Lord. And once you have a reverential fear of your creator, because he could take you out like that. Once you start there, then again, we don't have a level cap in Christ. We don't have a box that we reside in. The possibilities are endless. So when we accept Jesus, we're opened up. We can now start to really grow. And then John says the most important thing. 
prove, prove it, prove that you belong to God, not by what you're saying, but by the way that you live, because the way that you live will show that you've actually repented of your sins. And don't say that we're safe because we're descendants of Abraham. Don't think you're safe just because mama and daddy have money in the bank. Don't think you're safe because you have a wonderful job with excellent benefits. Don't think you're safe because you have connections with people who are in high places. Like John said, it means nothing. Because unless you know God, unless you know Jesus for yourself, unless he is your personal Lord and Savior, unless you call out to his name, the only name by which anyone can be saved by, then everything else that you have, because you're just borrowing it, it means nothing. So is it possible, again, that we were wrong? Yes. And how do we know? It's right there for us to see. But here's the cool part. When we do baptism, we do it in water to show that we're sorry, that we actually mean it, and we confess it with our mouths. But here's the cool part, and we're going to get to that next, actually. It's that once we repent, God seals the deal with the blood-stained banner in the form of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit hits, that fire begins to just burn rapidly. But we're just like the burning bush. Though we're set ablaze, we don't burn up. Though the heat got turned up 10 billion percent, we're not burning. Though we feel as if we might pass out because of the sheer magnitude of the force that God has hit us with, we're still able to keep going because it is him who consumes, but it is him who upholds. And we've talked about that. And the word we use that the Bible uses, it's called abiding. God is now abiding in your life. So is it possible that you can move forward? Yes. Is it possible that you can actually get somewhere in life? Yes. Is it possible that your past can actually stay dead and that the dead horse will no longer be beaten? Yes. Then we take a look in Philippians. God looked at himself. He looked at us and he said, Father, just hold on to this for me. Hold on to my, my place up here with you. I'm going to go down. I'm going to save them. And so when we look at Jesus' example, when we willingly bend the knee and admit that he is Lord, because you should, it, it's in your best interest. When we do that, we can now emulate him. We talked about it last week. CC, confidence in Christ, or be his carbon copy. When we start to become his carbon copy by emulating him, what do we do? We take the same attitude. My stuff, my relationships, my connections, they mean nothing. Instead, I'm going to lay it all down. As the Bible says, I'm going to forsake it, which means I'm going to abandon it. I'm going to give it up as if it means literally nothing to me because it does. And I'm going to pick up my cross my burdens, my past, my everything, and I'm going to carry it to Jesus, and then he's going to swap places with me. As the song says, he laid my burdens down. And so now when I rise up each day that God blesses me with, and I condemn this old fleshy problem that I have, and I, I just give it to him on that cross called Calvary, and then he raises me up with new strength, new life, new meaning, more purpose, more prosperity, 
then is it possible that I could get through the day and be just that much closer to my Lord? The answer is yes. Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. And before we get in there, I want to I want to say this. It's that when we take a look at all the things we have, sometimes it can be kind of intoxicating. I won't lie to you. I share my testimony with you guys all the time. It's tough with Jesus, but it's impossible without him. But just because something is tough doesn't mean you can't get through. So with that being said, Matthew 19, 23 through 30, and I will put that on screen. The Bible says, then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, by our standards, by our means, it's impossible. But here's that but God, but with God, everything is possible or all things are possible. Then Peter said to him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the son of man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone, not some people, but everyone who has given up or who has forsaken their houses, brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Or if you've read the King James Version, those who are first shall be last and those who are last shall be first. What is Jesus saying here? The thing that we've been stressing since God has blessed me to start this ministry, stop worrying about the world. Focus on Jesus. I know as a human being, just like the rest of y'all, it's very tough to just stay zoned in on God. We get distracted. We get upset. We get sad. We get depressed. We get angry. Things just just mess with us day in and day out. But but God, there's the but God. Is it possible that we can get better and better at making our norm staying zoned in on Jesus? The answer is yes. My grandmother has been walking with God for 50 plus years now. She's walked with him longer than she wasn't walking with him. And in that time, she's seen growth. She's seen all the, the capacities of the human range of emotions that we go through. But through it all, there's the but God. Through depression of losing a child, she made it through. Through the, the, the pain of, of almost being killed by sulfur, she's still here. Should have died a long time ago, but God. Through all the heartache and pain of, of losing a mother, of countless brothers and sisters 
still going strong, happily praising the Lord's name. Why? Not because we serve a cruel God, but because we serve a loving God who has a time and a purpose for everything. And though we may not feel strong in certain situations, though I may not feel like I can I can bear to go on without this person, without this job, without this thing. Is it possible that my God knows what's better for me than what I know for my own self? The answer is yes. And why, you may ask? Well, if you have kids or younger siblings, don't you know a thing or two more than they do because you've lived life a little bit longer? Well, in the same case, don't you think God knows a whole lot more than we do since he was here before there was anything, since he made everything, since everything that happens under the sun, it's under his watchful eye, both the good and the bad. So yeah, I think it's totally possible that God knows what's better for us than we do for ourselves, that when it's time for brothers and sisters to go home, that it's not because he's punishing them, but he's relieving them. Because as the Bible says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if one day this body stops, let's stop thinking in 2D, where we only can think in a straight line. So if something doesn't happen, the line is broken, and then now we don't know what's going on. Instead, adopt the Lord's perspective, which is in a circle. And at the center is everything that goes on. But because there is a center and there is an outside, that means we can attack it from any and every angle. Full 360. So with God, is it possible that you could trust him and find a solution to that problem that no one else can? The answer is yes, because with him, again, you're not limited with him. As Jesus said, we don't have to to be hemmed up by things, by people, by places, by ideas that someone else thought up or created. Instead, we can be focused on him and that all things can become possible. That with the impossibility of the richness and not just wealth, but of of, of worldly pleasures, if, if you've just been out there too long, it makes it real tough to come back in. But with God, anything can be possible. I've seen and heard so many wonderful testimonies of people who had had drug addictions for so long and then got saved, of a guest preacher one year that came to my church and God talked to him through a can of beans, of so many people that have had their Damascus moment, just like Saul on the side of the road. With God, literally anything is possible. And it pains me sometimes. When I look at myself and I wonder why I'm not further along. But then God reminds me, baby, you're exactly where you need to be. Stop trying to outrun me and instead walk with me. I don't know who needs to hear that today or whenever you listen to this. But stop trying to outrun God. Instead, walk with him hand in hand, just as he promised he would do for you. When you do that. Is it possible to be happy? Yes, but more so because you'll have joy. The uncircumstantial, permanent peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. And this is wonderful. Y'all, y'all are going to love this. 
put this on screen. So starting off, Jesus says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me and not the not one of you is asking where I'm where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come or the comforter. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. That's Jesus just summing up John 3.16. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. I love when Jesus talks in this all tense. So check it out, family. Right here, Jesus is comforting the disciples because they're sad. Jesus' time is coming to an end. He's about to go die the criminal's death. He was born to die for you and for me so that we could be saved. It's harsh. If you read through the crucifixion, it's terrible. I cry almost every time. If you've seen the passion of Christ, it's a visual you can never forget. But just know that they did that to him for you, for me for the children, for anyone who will call upon the name Jesus to be saved. And why is that? So that he could break the yoke of sin, the bondage that it has on us, that it had on us, past tense because of but God. So that when we come to Jesus, when we repent of our sins, when we admit it, when we accept him in our heart, the Holy Spirit takes place. The comforter is now there to let us know that we will never be alone a day in our lives ever again. And that when this body stops moving, when it stops working, that our spirit, our true selves will be right there with him wherever he is, that we will be constantly comforted, that because we have the spirit of truth, no lie shall ever trick us ever again, because we have the one who knows it all, who teaches us everything who brings back all things that he's taught to us to our remembrance so that when we need it most, we have an answer. Not that we're relying on self, but that God is watching, keeping and performing his word all at once to make sure that you shine bright and not your light, but his light, the light of the world that saved you, that saved me that reflects off of our lives and refracts onto the hearts of others so that they too can join the family. And when the process happens, it works. Just period. There is no, no success rate, no, no fail rate. It just, it's going to work because God works. The word works as people in the church say. And so now the next, is it possible? Is it possible that you can achieve everything that God has set before you to do? The answer is yes. 
can you achieve? Is it possible to actually dream a dream and then see it unfold right in front of you? Yes, it is. Write it down. Make it plain. As the Bible says, pray on it, nurture it, water it, feed it, and then watch the Lord grow it. Watch it happen. And as we always pray and as we always as, as we live that life, be sure to give God all the praise, all the honor and all the glory, because with him, again, all things are possible. Nothing's impossible with God that because of the comforter, because of our advocate who prays for us, because we don't know how to pray for ourselves because of the, the groanings that only God can understand. Because of the direct connection, we don't even have a middleman. We just have a doorway, and his name is Jesus. That we have a stairway, whose name is Jesus. That we have bread and water, whose name is Jesus. That we have a great high priest, whose name is Jesus. That we have a savior, whose name is Jesus. That makes all things possible. That can blow your mind and make you reevaluate everything you thought you knew. Because again, you didn't know a thing. But with God, because now we are of one spirit, thanks to the union of his spirit with ours. Let me tell you, as someone who's been on the other side, but who's been here for a while, I would never go back. I wouldn't want to go back. I don't care what the world would offer. It pales in comparison to the beauty that God has given me. In terms of our relationship, the resources, the, the people he's placed in my lives, the opportunities that he's giving, that he's giving and that he's going to give. And most importantly, toward the end of John, it's that. And when we look back at, at Matthew 19, it's that we get 100 times what we gave up. And that's just that's not just for when we leave this 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 form of life. But that that's for now, too. God has resources and blessings that are for here and now. And the treasures he's building up for us because of the availability and the obedience to just follow him and do what he's asking and say what he's telling us to say. There's so much more. So if you don't already give give the Lord a chance, trust me, as someone who used to be almost clinically depressed and so angry, I, I probably should have had high blood pressure. Trust me when I say God is truly good. And I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm talking about Jesus. So now we wrap up in John chapter three, verses 16 through 21. First Corinthians 13 verses four through seven and first Peter uh, four verse eight. And the Lord summed it up perfectly. When we ask, is it possible? We ask, is it possible to do such and such, to do this, to do that? And the answer is yes. But why is the answer yes? Well, the answer is simple. It's because of God. But more so, it's because of who God is. And God is love. Let's work with that. Let me put these scriptures on screen. So starting off in John chapter three, Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world and people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I have both NLT and New King James for this simple purpose. In the NLT, it says love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And the New King James says that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And then we wrap it up in 1 Peter 8, 1 Peter 4, I'm sorry. And the Bible says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity or love shall cover the multitude of sins. So what is it saying? What is God telling us today? That love, his love, because he himself is the substance of love. He covers all sin. As you heard it for yourself, for charity or for love shall cover the multitude, the multitude. You're covered. You're covered. I don't care what you did this morning. I woke up and thought something stupid, so I sinned. We sin throughout the course of the day, even when we don't think we're doing something wrong. But because of God's grace and mercy, because I'm not actively doing wrong, I'm just, I'm living and my flesh is acting a fool as usual. God's love says, I got you covered. Don't worry about it. When you may willingly go do something because you let this get the better of you, it happens. God's love says, I got you. Just trust me to get you through, because in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says that I have a way out of every temptation for you. So if you just give it to me, I'll show you the way out. And I won't let anything be more than you can bear. I promise you I won't. Because even the things you think that you can't bear, that I may be weighing you down with, all I'm showing you is that you have a greater capacity to trust me. So is it possible to grow in the in the midst of, of insanity? Yes. Is it possible to grow in unfavorable circumstances? Yes. Because why? As the Bible says, in our weaknesses, God's strength is made perfect. That's when it shows best that he can turn the impossible into possible. That in the midst of your storm, your chaos, your whatever you're going through, 
You can just talk to him and then his peace, which surpasses all understanding, will be right there with you. As we read, God loved us so much. And as Jesus said in John 16, the reason why everything is already judged is because people just refuse to accept his love. They think it's it's too good to be true. They think it's nonsense. They think it's impossible. What about the other gods? Is it possible? Is it possible? And hear me out here. Is it possible that we were wrong? Yes. But is it possible that the almighty God, Yahweh, his eternal covenant name, Jesus, the risen king, the ancient of days, is it possible that he just loves you to simply love you because he wants better? Well, you heard it for yourself in 1 Corinthians 13. The answer is yes. Love suffers a long, long time. And I'm not just talking about the suffering he did on the cross. I'm talking about from the time we send until he wraps this all up. We don't put more of a strain on God than this world is already doing. Just like we shouldn't burden our parents. As the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. It's okay to ask God questions. It's okay to not know it all because none of us do. But what's not okay is to call yourself his child and not spend time with him. It's not okay to, to be the, the, the son or daughter of the king and not learn about your father. It's not okay to be in dire need and not ask your God who can supply all of it to help you out. But what is okay is to reject what the world is saying and to only believe what Jesus is saying. Because through him, as you've heard quite a lot tonight, and as you will continue to hear with him, nothing's impossible. So try Jesus out. And if you already have him, try him out more. So really test him by his word and see how good he really is, because he won't let you down. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying, thank you, Lord. We thank you so much. Then when we ask the question, is it possible, we know the answer is unanimously yes. That whatever it is we struggle with, whatever it is we face, whatever we're hung up on, whatever we're worried or concerned about, that you're there and that you don't just have the answer, God, but you are the answer. Lord, we love you. And we don't just love you because of all that you've done. We love you because now we know what real love is. And real love isn't concerned about itself, it's concerned about others. So we thank you for the unparalleled concern that said even though we deserved to, to be hung, bled, and die, just like the song says on that cross, even though that should have been us, Lord, we thank you so much for your concern that you decided to take our place so that we could be forgiven so that we could have a home to call so that we could have a father a brother a mother a sister that we could have all our needs our needs met lord that we could have all our desires given to us and all we have to do is to just trust your love to love you back because that's all you want father right now if there's someone who's listening to this under the sound of your voice i ask that if they don't know you that they would get to know you that you would cause something peculiar to happen, just like all the peculiar things you caused in the word. 
to just make them see that this life is not possible to live in without you because there is no life aside from you, Lord. And for those who already have an active relationship with you, that you would answer all their prayers in terms of their needs, Lord, that you would cause them to grow when they think they can't, that you would give them the wisdom and the guidance that they need to keep going forward. Because you're not a God that moves backwards, but you're a God that continuously and evermore presses forward. And Lord, let us continually walk hand in hand with you, that we wouldn't try to outrun you because we think we should be somewhere when all we need to do is be right by you, Lord. Father, bless. Bless all those who call upon your name. And God, bless those even more so who are getting ready to call upon your name that aren't a part of the family but are going to join because, Lord, this world desperately needs you. As you yourself said in your own word, it's that the ruler of this world has already been judged and that we know that Satan's time is short. But Lord God, we thank you that victory is forever yours and forever ours now, too, because of our relationship. So, Father, be with us continuously and constantly remind us, because sometimes we're a little slow to get the point, that if something seems off, if something seems impossible, that any and everything is possible with you, Lord. So we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, family. I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. <music>